This is the Animal's Voice podcast, presented by the Ontario SPCA, with 50 communities working together for animal welfare. Here's the host of Animal's Voice, Jamie West. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Animal's Voice podcast on OSPCA Radio. We've got another great show on the way. Don't forget to text OSPCA to 45678 to make a $5 donation to the Ontario SPCA. Later, we'll talk with a York Regional Police Officer about the laws that protect animals left in vehicles. You'll learn a lot. But first, we're joined by veterinary Dr. Barb Breyer, who can bring us some clear understanding of how extreme heat affects our furry friends. Welcome to the Animals Voice Podcast. Thank you for having me on. Dr. Breyer, can you share with us a little bit about yourself? Uh, Where do you work and how long have you been a veterinarian? Absolutely. Um, I work at the Veterinary Emergency Clinic in downtown Toronto. Uh, I have been a veterinarian for 16 years and I have spent 14 of those years in emergency medicine at this particular practice. I can only imagine how busy it must be in your clinic. It uh, waxes and wanes, but it can be very busy, yes. Yeah. How can summertime heat be dangerous for pets? Uh, Summertime heat is a real problem, particularly in the spring, and I think that most of of your audience has probably heard on the media events that have occurred that have been tragic in some cases. Um, We do see heat stroke, and that is a primary problem with dogs left in cars. It can also be a problem with dogs that are uh, exercised in extreme heat. Um, So it is something that we consider a hazard at particular times of the year. What do I need to know to recognize the signs of heat stroke? Heat stroke usually looks like what an owner would describe as a hot dog. So panting, extreme panting, panting that doesn't seem to be controlled or panting that doesn't seem to resolve when the pet sits down, rests or has a drink of water. That's typically the most common first sign Um, Obviously, that progresses fairly rapidly in a dog that's left in in a hot car. How long does one have to get the animal medical attention before they suffer uh, irreversible damage? Well, that's the, that's the great kind of conundrum is that there is no particular time frame. It depends a lot on the um, animal itself. So there is some genetic variation. Certain breeds seem to be more predisposed. It depends on what that dog's previous exposure to heat has been. We know it takes, on average, 10 to 20 days to have some um, physiological response to heat. So in other words, a dog that for some reason went from a very cool climate to a very warm climate rapidly would be more prone to heat stroke in a, in a warm ambient temperature than a dog that had gone through the natural season, had gone through the spring and into the warmth of the summer. Um, it also depends on what the dog is doing in that ambient environment. So we're talking about a dog in a car. Is this a calm dog that's sitting there very quietly? It's going to take longer for that dog to get into distress than a dog that is very excited to be in the car, upset that his owners would leave, have left and is maybe jumping from the back seat to the front seat. They're obviously going to create their own heat. So there is sure. no hallmark of time, per se. It's really a number of factors. At which temperature are animals no longer able to survive in a car? What what does the temperature in there have to get to before it's pretty much a a fatal situation? Well, it's really the animal's temperature again. So the ambient temperature itself is only part of it. It's when when we see pets that are 42 to 43 degrees Celsius, and remember that a dog's normal body temperature is 38 to 39, yeah. that's when we're in trouble. So some dogs will reach that at a lower ambient temperature, a heavy-haired coated dog, a brachycephalic dog, those dogs with the pushed-in noses, they have to work harder to cool themselves. So they're going to achieve those dangerous body temperatures much faster than the calm, 
small chihuahua that's lying in the shade in the back of the car. Uh, Dr. Breyer, when an animal is uh, rescued from a hot car and, and arrives in, in your clinic, what condition are they typically in? Yeah, fortunately, we've been lucky in that most of the time they arrive as, as that hot dog. They're panting uncontrollably. Their body temperature is up. They can't seem to cool themselves. Often their mucous membranes are quite red. But we have seen ones that have come in beyond that where they're actually comatose or semi-comatose. Their heart rates are very high. They're having trouble breathing. Um, their body temperatures obviously are very elevated. And that's when we're into real danger is, is you know, when they are presenting with those signs. Have you had experiences in the past where it looked like an animal uh, was uh, really not going to make it, but yet somehow uh, managed to pull through? We've certainly seen a wide variety. I can't recall in my experience, and I have a pretty have a pretty good range of experience, um, one where we really managed to turn the corner. We have a pretty good idea when they come in of, of which way this is going to go. Um, and so, yeah, we've seen both fatal cases and both cases where they, they've come in and were pretty optimistic and they've been able to go home. Right. And of course, you've seen your share of situations that uh, that don't go the way you'd hoped. Well, certainly we've heard a lot about it in the media. You know, I've been walking through parking lots myself and seeing dogs that I thought, what are we doing here? Um, mm-hmm. it, is, it is pretty widespread. And I think there's just a, a real innocence about the staff or the public rather that says, I'm just going to be a minute. It'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, let's talk about some life-saving tips that you can give to people listening to our our podcast right now sure, about sure. pets in hot weather because uh, obviously people want to be able to do something, but sometimes people don't even know what to do. Yeah, I think I think if you break it into two categories, so there's the heat stroke that happens because we're exercised in hot weather and. Dogs and cats, or not cats, but dogs in general, especially some of these particular breeds, their drive to exercise is beyond anything else. And you or I would say, my goodness, I'm so hot I have to lie down. We see some of these dogs who just don't have that common sense and will push themselves beyond, and then their cooling mechanisms are are not going to be able to catch up, if you will. So if it's too hot for you to be doing what the dog is doing, you'd be uncomfortable. It's too hot for your dog. Interesting. Um, and, And I think sometimes because the dog seems happy and the dog wants to do it, that the, the owner thinks, well, it's okay, I'll keep throwing the ball for him. No, no. sometimes you have to step in and make the, the decision, just as we would with their feeding. We wouldn't give them the whole bag of food and say, go ahead and, and free choice feed. Right. Go ahead and have as many biscuits as you want. Sometimes we have to step in and say, enough, it's too hot today, we're just going for a leash walk, we're not going to the park. The other, the other case, which often is more tragic, is where we leave them in an ambient environment like a car that gets too hot. And I think the, the primary thing I would say is you just can't do it. People think if I leave the windows open or if I put it in shade or I'll only be a minute, it will be fine. Come the summer, my dog doesn't go in the car with me unless I'm in the car with him. So if I'm going to the store and my husband or my family member isn't there to stay in the car with the dog and realize it's getting too hot, he doesn't go. He stays in the house. And really, leaving them behind is the kindest thing. There really shouldn't be any reason you alone have to take your dog with you. Ask the store if you had to, for some reason, make an emergency stop. Can I bring my dog in with me, or can I tie him up just out front where I can see him? Because the car is not the place to be. Yeah, it, it make that just makes a lot of sense. That's common sense. Uh, are there things that uh, uh, people can do uh, with um, with cooling techniques and that kind of thing if they find a, a an animal in distress uh, yeah, before they get yeah. to your clinic? Absolutely. The, the best thing you can do is exactly that, is cool, but most importantly, do not cool in a in a rapid manner. So we don't hmm. want to put ice water on them. We don't want to put them in an ice bath. We don't want to throw them in the cold lake. We want to cool them slowly 
So if you have the ability to have a tempered hose, you know, by all means, cool the dog's hair coat, drive with the windows open so that you're getting some air blowing over to evaporate that air and help cool them is better than, than, you know, trying to put them in an ice bath. That's too rapid and can be too dangerous in itself. Yeah. What are some other ways animals can get heat stroke aside from being left in a hot car? I suppose it's uh, it's common sense. Don't take your animal to probably uh, to the beach and be walking around uh, in, in the sunshine uh, on a 37-degree day is yeah. what comes to yeah. mind for me. I haven't, I haven't really, other than this, the, the brachycephalic breeds, the, those ones with the pushed-in noses where, you know, we've unfortunately bred the German Shepherd into a very small face somehow and squished all that right. air passages, they, they have trouble just cooling themselves on a normal day. So on a hot day, just going for a walk with them is sometimes too much. The other types of breeds, most of the time, if you could go for that slow walk, they can go for that slow walk. They're not going to overdo it. It's the playing. It's the I'm off leash and I'm uncontrolled and I'm going to do whatever I want. Well, I, I challenge you as an owner, if you can't keep up with the dog and are finding yourself hot, him, he's hot too. Don't do it. Um, but the brachycephalic breeds, dogs that have, you know, have difficulty cooling themselves, the owners will sometimes say, you know, after a walk, it takes a long time to, to stop panting. Those are dogs that really shouldn't go for walks on these days. You know, they need an indoor activity, they need an air-conditioned activity, and certainly it kind of goes logically knowing that uh, a pet needs, a, and we do too, needs a, a fairly slow progression into warmer weather. If you have a very heavily air-conditioned house and your dog spends most of his time in your air-conditioned home, he's going to have more problems going for walks than the dog that lives in the unair-conditioned home. They'll be more used to it when a hot spell comes. Dr. Breyer, uh, a great chat, learned a lot. Thank you so much for the time today. I know Thank you're very you. busy. Really appreciate this. Well, hopefully it'll help somebody. We'll talk to you again down the road. Thanks so much. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Dr. Barb Breyer of the Veterinary Emergency Clinic. The Ontario SPCA is always looking for your continued support. Check out our website, ontariospca.ca, and find out how a small donation can make a huge difference in the lives of the animals we care for. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at the official Ontario SPCA page. Lots more information you can use coming up on the Animals Voice Podcast on OSPCA Radio. It's still amazing to think that anyone would leave an animal inside a vehicle during the hot weather, but it happens. So what does the law say about this act of cruelty? Well, a lot, actually. Joining me to discuss the issue is Constable Marina Orlovsky, Crime Prevention Officer with York Regional Police. Constable Orlovsky, welcome to OSPCA Radio. Good afternoon, Jamie. How are you doing today? Terrific. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and which division you're out of and how many years of service? Absolutely. I've been a police officer with York since 1999. I have worked in a number of different areas of the organization, including uniform patrol. I've been a police educator at our Children's Safety Village. I was a media officer, and currently I'm posted as the crime prevention officer at two district headquarters in Richmond Hill. First question. Is it against the law to leave an animal alone in a car? Well, Jamie, what I'd like to say in regards to that question is is rather than say that the egality comes from leaving the animal in the car, that in of itself is not illegal. The egality would come from uh, something happening to the animal while it's in the vehicle, um, such as a, you know a dog being found in distress, it being left you know in the in the sun. Um, as you know, we did have a call recently uh, in Vaughan where a dog did perish inside a vehicle. So that's where the illegality would come from. Would be if something did occur while the animal was left in the vehicle. 
What does the law say about uh, driving with your dog in the back of, say, your pickup truck? We have actually had a number of calls this year in regards to that. I was surprised uh, myself to find out that that was uh, a big issue here in York Region. Uh, there are several that a driver could be subject to by having a pet in the rear of their pickup. Um, those charges would come under the uh, Highway Traffic Act here in Ontario, and those charges would include careless driving, insecure load, and not unnecessary slow driving. Uh, most of those would just carry uh, a monetary fine. Okay. Uh, what do you do if you see an animal left unattended in a car? Well, um, from our point of view as a police officer, we would definitely be assessing the situation. We would need to take some things into consideration, such as the condition of the dog inside the vehicle as to whether it appears to be in distress. We're going to look at the weather conditions, the location of the vehicle, and by all means, we would try to locate the driver before we took any evasive action. Uh, what I would suggest to the public, if they do see an animal left in a, in a car that's unattended, if they feel in any way that the dog is in some kind of jeopardy, uh, please contact the police, contact the Ontario SPCA, uh, contact local bylaw, contact some kind of authority. Uh, we can definitely come by to these calls and we'll take the matters into our hands. Is that a 911 call? Well, definitely, you know, Jamie, if, if they feel that the dog or, or any other animal that's left in a vehicle or a truck or whatever it may be is in any kind of distress, if they feel that they are in any kind of imminent uh, health danger, if they feel that the dog is, is, you know, really in distress, by all means, do call 911. Are you legally allowed to break into a car to save a suffering animal? As police officers, uh, there again, I'll speak from both sides of, of the coin. Uh, as police officers, it is our duty to protect and preserve life. If an officer felt that the animal's life was in imminent danger, we would take the appropriate action to save that animal, just as we would a human life. Um, I would also expect that from, from the general public as well. Um, there again, I wouldn't suggest the general public to uh, take the matters into their own hands. There again, it's a call to the police. We would definitely come by. Uh, we answer to these calls all the time, and we would uh, take the appropriate actions to take care of the animal that's in the vehicle. Can you explain in a little more detail how a police might rescue a pet from a hot vehicle? Mm-hmm. The, the best scenario for us really is to be in a situation where we can have the, the driver, the owner of the vehicle return to the vehicle and open it up so that we can get the dog out and have them assessed. Um, if that's not possible, if time allowed, uh, we were in a situation where we could possibly get a tow truck to our location to assist with opening up the vehicle. We have done that as well. Uh, we'd rather not break the window on someone's vehicle. By all means, that's not something that we're, that we're looking to do. Uh, but if we can have a tow truck get there in time, um, then definitely we would have them come. We can have them open up the vehicle uh, before we do find the driver. That's something that we have uh, that we have actually done. All right. What What are some of the charges that negligent owners uh, can receive for leaving their pets in vehicles? There are some criminal code charges uh, that they would be up against. Uh, there again, the criminal code is federal, so it would cover uh, all across the country. Um, some of the charges that they would be up against would be abandonment. Uh, injuring or endangering, neglect while conveying, which would be uh, any type of um, a situation where you're transporting an animal, and causing unnecessary suffering. Uh, these charges that I've indicated, they do have uh, a prison term or a fine, uh, sometimes up to $10,000. Have you ever had to rescue an animal from a hot car or respond to a call for a dog left in a hot car? 
I have not myself, uh, but I know that it is a, a call that we've been experiencing quite a bit of this summer. Um, I know I've heard over the radio when I've been out on the road, uh, a number of officers have had to go to these calls. And uh, for the most part, we've been able to uh, either locate the owner or have the situation rectified before it, it had to get too serious. How many calls typically would the police normally get each summer regarding owners leaving pets in cars? Just to give our listeners some perspective. I would have to say here in York, probably since May, we've had uh, close to about 200 calls. Um, And those would just be in regards to dogs being left in vehicles specifically. Is it illegal to drive with your dog on your lap? And uh, I, I would imagine this could be a dangerous thing. Absolutely, Jamie. Um, any driver who's, you know, there's a lot of things that we have to be looking for when we're driving, uh, pedestrians, other cars, lights, emergency vehicles. Um, distractions for us uh, are many in the vehicles as we know now, and that's why one of the reasons why we've come up with charges for people on their cell phones. Um, but if you're driving with your dog on your lap, that can be a, quite a serious distraction for you as a driver. Um, and they can be subject to the same charges that we spoke of earlier. Um, they can also be subject to... Um, Uh, driving while crowded, uh, which basically means that there is something in, in and around the driver that is making it difficult for them to basically pay attention to what they're doing on the road. That's also a Highway Traffic Act charge, and it would just be subject to a fine. Just before we wrap everything up, is there anything else you'd like to share with the public about pet and vehicle safety? Well, Jamie, I'd like to just thank you for the opportunity to to speak on this subject today, as well as to reiterate to the community about the responsibility of being a good pet parent. Animals rely on us to provide them with all they need, and in return, we get so much back from them. So I would just try and reach out to everyone and, and just say to take care. Constable Orlovsky, thank you so much for your time today. A great pleasure to chat with you, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, having a conversation again another time. You're welcome, Jamie. Take care. All the best. Okay, thanks. There's Constable Marina Orlovsky, Crime Prevention Officer with York Regional Police. The Animal's Voice Podcast is a production of the Ontario SPCA. For more information and news from our 50 communities, explore our website. And thank you for your kind and continued support. Remember, fix your pet. Find out how easy it is at fixyourpet.ca. It's the kindest thing you can do.